Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Greg and Deep House show. I need a song. That is not the name of the show. That's not. Well, it was the Greg show for a while. Still is. Eat the Greg show. Boom, boom, boom. But eat the Greg show. But I'm thinking fucking Chappelle show. Greg show. Greg show. The Greg show. Ow. The Greg Show. Woo-hoo-hoo. The Greg Show. <laughs> Please don't sue us. But <laughs> we are back and we are doing what we do best, talking about movies. And so this month we are doing Westerns. Uh, I didn't realize that Western is probably, it's high up there genre-wise for me. I really like Westerns. And um, we did a, we were talking at the bar about Westerns a while ago. And there are a lot of movies that aren't necessarily a Western Western, but the, the skeleton of the movie is a Western, like uh, the movie Logan with Wolverine and little X-23. Uh, that movie, that's just true grit with metal claws. That, that's, what, that's what it is. Um, yes. Yeah. But most movies, like if you analyze them enough most movies come from like one of four book ideas from the 16th century that were just like well true but (laughs) but there are certain movies that feel just like deliciously western like hey the magnificent seven that's western as fuck no it's not it came from a samurai story so it's reverse western (laughs) it's a story that turned into a western but there are tons of really cool stories out there and we actually watched and we're going to review one that came out October 22nd of 2021 and it has a really cool title so it's not just a western film it's a revisionist western film and so the only thing that that means is a typical western film is good guy against bad guy and then there's fights and stuff honestly now revisionist western film deals with like criminals being the protagonist. And when I say protagonist, you can be a bad person and be the protagonist is just the main character. And the person going up against you is the antagonist. So if the good guy is the one chasing you down, that's the antagonist of the story. And there have been a ton of Western films uh, every decade, honestly, every generation, there's been more and more of them. And tons of people like uh, Sergio Leone, he did tons of spaghetti Western films that were revisionist Western films. So a couple that we would know from, you know, just our age, uh, Tombstone, uh, The Quick and the Dead. So Sharon Stone's character, she ain't good. She ain't bad. She's just pissed off and wants to get to Gene Hackman. And But she's the protagonist of that story. Uh, let me see. Uh, 310 to Yuma. Uh, true grit hey <laughs> Django Unchained though Django was a slave so he wasn't a bad person but he was a bounty hunter so he wasn't good good but he was killing people to get to his girlfriend uh, the hateful eight that movie is full of bad people just in a room stuck being bad to each other <laughs> uh the revenant that's a bear in it uh I never saw the revenant but it's on this list uh, but there's tons of them. But the newest one of this list of revisionist Western films is The Harder They Fall. And that's the movie we watched today. So just a little fun facts about The Harder They Fall. It's a Netflix film. Well, it was 
it had a limited release in late October, but then it is streaming on Netflix November 3rd. And this film, it is a small little bubble of films that the principal cast are all black and a Western. So it's even a smaller circle. So there's predominantly black or or Japanese, Asian. There's different movies that do that, but add Western to it, it's even harder to find something like that. And there are a few, but this film is all of the cool names of of now, honestly. Jonathan Majors, hey, he went to the high school me and Greg went to for a little bit, and then he went to Duncanville and then became awesome. Uh, Idris Elba, he's in this bad boy. He can do anything. Um, Idris Elba. <laughs> um, Idris. Idris Elba. Bitch, Idris Elba. <laughs> uh, Zazie Beats. Hey, she was in Deadpool 2. She was Domino, probably the, well, the only live-action version of Domino we've gotten, and it was really good. Regina King, she can do no wrong. She's Absolutely. She's everything. perfect. Uh, Delroy Lindo, my little sister's <laughs> fucking dad. He's in this film. I will always Not say that real. about Delroy Lindo. It's just Lindo. a joke. Yeah, but Jasmine, I said that when we were kids. I was like, your dad's Delroy Lindo, and she would cry. So I don't, it's not a mean thing. I just, uh, Lakeith Stanfield. I love Lakeith Stanfield. He's got this attitude about him that, like, nothing really matters in a lot of his movies. He just shows no emotion. He's unbothered. Yes, but he does show emotion when he acts, but it's just a lot of the things he does, he's just like, bro, I don't care. <laughs> Especially in this movie, he's like, I, I want to, do a fucking gunfight and he's like man i'm hungry and he's like don't fight me motherfucker and he's like nah i'm gonna go inside now um uh rj siler so uh he was in power rangers he was the blue ranger in the newest movie and he's been in a lot of other things and he's amazing in this fucking film uh danielle deadweiler she was in oh i've seen her in something the haves and the have nots it's a tyler perry film um, and she plays Cuffy in this, and we'll talk about that character later. Uh, there are tons of famous people. The music, Jay-Z helped produce this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, let me see who else was involved with this. There's tons of people. Apparently, James Samuel, if I got it right, he's like related to Seal, and Seal did a song in this like movie. CeeLo does a song in this movie. Erica Badu pops up and does a song. Everything is just this movie's absolutely amazing and so the first couple of seconds of the movie uh a disclaimer pops up and it says that this movie is it's it's fiction but every character in this movie is real and they did real shit just they didn't do this because that would have been the most absurd piece of history if this actually happened if people got together and just had a sweet ass gunfight with dynamite in a town it'd have been absolutely absurd but um I just want to go over some of the characters real quick. So the main character, Jonathan Majors, he's Nat Love. He was a former slave, and apparently he was the most ridiculous hero of the West. He met tons of people, like fucking Billy the Kid, uh, Bat Masterson. He met all these people and did all this cool shit. And then after he wanted to not be a cowboy, uh, he became a, a Pullman porter. So he oversees cars in, in a railroad. So like the big cars, not tiny cars. He did all that shit after he like you know lived his life and almost died billions of times. Rufus Buck, the antagonist of this film, he was real and he had a gang and they were absolutely terrible. I read a lot of their crimes. Yeah, they like raping a lot of people and then they would just kill him and stuff. So he was really, really bad person. Bill Pickett, 
uh, one of Nat's friends, he invented bulldogging. So it's a movement in wrestling where you jump past somebody and grab their head and slam it. And I always go bulldog in rodeo. It's when you grab just the fucking it's steer wrestling. Yeah. You wrestle them down to the ground. So there was other methods before they used bulldogging, but they were very dangerous. And Mr. Pickett's like, why don't you just do this? Like I've seen animals do this. And that's why it's called bulldogging because bulldogs would drag cows down to the ground. He's like, just do this. And he fucking did it. And he's a famous famous rodeo cowboy and wild west performer. So it makes sense. Actually, his character is opposite because he's the quiet one. Uh, Jim Beckworth, the loudmouth in the group, he was an early black pioneer and actually did a lot of things history wise. And it's funny because he's known to be a just habitual liar and he's a loudmouth. That is part of his actual like mythos in real life. People, he's like, man, I did this, this, and that. And I kicked a tree in half. And they're like, bro, you didn't kick a tree. He's like, yeah, I didn't know, motherfucker, you weren't there. And they're like, I can't trust you. But he did a lot of cool shit with people around. Uh, Mary Fields, so Zazie Beats, so she's the love interest of Nat Love. Her name is Stagecoach Mary. And she's the first Black female star root male carrier. So star root means she's not actually employed by the male system. She's the one that makes the trail so other people can do it. So she was out there making the male route and she did this for fucking years and she carried all the pistolas on her because she was delivering mail and stuff and she didn't want wolves or bandits or anybody to fuck with her. And she was known for getting shit there on time and you people trusted her to get the mail to them. So I didn't realize that she was that absolutely ridiculous. So and she lived in Montana, and Montana forbid women to enter saloons except Stagecoach Mary. She did what she felt like, and they just made an exception for her because they weren't going to stop her anyway because <laughs> she just shoot the place up. Um, she's absolutely awesome. So I was reading about her. Uh, Bass Reeves, uh, if you know history about certain characters I'm going to bring up, you know that name. He was the first Black deputy U.S. marshal west of the Mississippi, and I don't know if you know this, Greg, he was the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Well, it was thought he was the inspiration for the Lone Ranger, but it doesn't seem like he was. I I assume there's probably some nods and some things that this real person did that the creator was like, damn, that's kind of cool. I'm going to make him white, though. Probably there's not actually, the full thing. There's actually a, an article fairly recently in Texas Monthly that goes over it and the likelihood that that Bass Reeves was based on him. It doesn't seem like he was, but I mean, the fact that that myth and that lore has been brought up in any case is it's pretty, it's pretty cool. That, yeah. That means something's to it. You know, yeah. if people are constantly bringing it up, there's gotta be something to it. And he did, he did a lot of his, his work per se in Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Yes. And uh, he had more than 3000 arrests just him doing this and uh he killed like i think 15 or 16 people just off self-defense probably because motherfuckers wanted to kill his ass because he was known for arresting folks uh cherokee bill he's like the second in command to mr rufus buck he was a bad person and he was just as bad as rufus buck so that's all i really need to do fun facts on him and kathy kathy williams so uh that is cuffy's character and it's a very interesting character because she was the first black woman to enlist in the U.S. Army. 
Now, Otis, I hear someone say, that's crazy early for a woman to be in the U.S. Army. Yeah, it's because she dressed up like a man. She Mulan that shit. Yeah, so she's the first black Mulan. <laughs> and the only documented woman, because she dressed up like a man, to be in the American Indian Wars. So this chick was like, nah, I want to fight and just had a hat on, cut her hair short and did work. And I thought that was really cool. And they, I like that they dragged that, that characteristic into the character in this movie. It was just, just grumpy and tiny. It's like, dang, you're kind of small. And then just swinging on people I'm like, damn, you're kind of strong. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, everybody pops up, does something in their reel. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. So, um, if you don't know anything about this film, like I said, it's just a lot of bandits and robbers robbing each other and fighting. And so Nat Love dealing with the evil Rufus Buck and having all his friends help him out and they get the almost Lone Ranger to help him out. And it's just a really cool fight. The music's amazing. It's very much like, um, oh man, who did Baby Driver? Mm. I can't remember his name. Uh, but the musical cues pop up in the movie so it's not like a, a song is just happening the music is very important and it's a lot of cadences happen in the movie with the music and i thought it was really cool there are scenes where the music stops because they go somewhere else and then when they come back the music starts back up because it's like oh we're back outside and i was like Ugh. i i love when people can mess with the music like that and do stuff like that so uh i can't I'm not giving the the just desserts, the just do of this movie. This movie's absolutely amazing. And I Netflix is doing great right now with their with their films that are just predominantly predominantly black. Then that's not the reason that I lo- absolutely love it, though. It's cool to see black actors doing stuff like that. It's just the stories are really original and cool. So I absolutely love this movie. Uh, Katie had a good time with it. We were very happy watching this. And some of the best lines, uh, characters remind me of me and my friends in this. So uh, absolutely. So I'm very happy with this. So uh, I'm going to get going with the story for Western. It's a pretty simple story. A lot of revenge and a lot of fighting and stuff like that. So we'll get through this bad boy real quick. So it's uh, Nat Love, the main character, Jonathan Majors. So he's 11 years old when this movie starts. He's eating dinner with his parents in an old Rufus Buck, Idris Elba, young, er, I guess, uh, comes in with his uh, bad guys and he sits at the table and his dad, uh, Nat's dad, is a preacher and his wife's a really nice lady. And he guns down Nat's parents right in front of him and he carves a cross into his forehead. And then we get a 20 years later jump and we see that Nat is hunting all the people that were involved with Rufus and he's killing them and he kills Cortez at a church. And so he meets up with him and then you just, you know, you're like, dang. So he's been through some shit, still has a scar on his head and, and the right people know what that scar means. He's like, oh shit, I was there. I helped, I helped Rufus put that scar in your head. Oh, my bad little dude. And then he gets blasted away, <laughs> gets shot like five times before he hits the ground, because that's what you do. Um, his partner, so he's got a sharpshooter named Bill Pickett, and a quick draw, just extraordinaire and loudmouth, Jim Beckworth. They ambush this gang and steal all their money because they just robbed a bank. And they're like, well, they robbed the bank. We'll just rob them. That's easier. We'll get them while they're on their way back. 
and they kill everybody except Damon Wayans Jr. <laughs> He's the one guy they don't kill. And the sir, uh, the lone survivor tells him, like, bro, this money, like, you think we're just trying to take this just for us? Like, no, no this money's going somewhere. And the person that is going to hear about this robbery is going to be pissed and y'all are going to die. And you're like, okay, whatever. We ain't scared of this. The money belongs to Rufus Buck. But we find out that Rufus has been locked up for a very long time. And so we find out uh, a little bit later in the movie, but Buck's gang, led by Trudy Smith and Cherokee Bill, they free Buck from a train uh, leaving from Yuma and they're heading to another prison. He's getting transferred. And, and like in any movie, that's the best time to save a bad guy when they're getting transferred. You just keep them in one spot. And so they reveal, the bad guys reveal that Buck's been pardoned and actually been paid off to kill the U.S. US soldiers guarding his prison car because they did a lot of bad, shady shit and the U.S. doesn't really want them around. So they're like, hey, we'll pardon you for all your bad stuff, Rufus. So you just kill those guys off and then you can just kind of go off and do whatever you want. Rufus is like, okay, that sounds good to me. So while it's happening, Nat meets up with his former girlfriend, Mary, and after getting punched in the mouth of Square and e eating dirt, <laughs> um, they get back together. And Pickett, uh, he talks to Nat about the heist. And he's like, oh, shit, Rufus Buck. That's the money. It's going to him. And he's like, well, he's locked up. He's not getting out. I'm not worried about that. Bass Reeves pops up into the room. And he tells Nat that he's got to arrest him for the robbery of a robbery he's like i know i was following those those that gang that robbed the bank and then oh no they got robbed by somebody so i know it was your gang so you're getting locked the fuck up and his buddies are ready to shoot bass and bass tells him like if anybody wants to pop up and do something i'm put three in this dude's chest nat's getting nat's gonna die and and whatever y'all can die too so everybody's like yeah you're right sir we'll just We'll sit quietly. <laughs> so Nat's getting, uh, he's on his way to a prison. So Rufus Buck and his gang, they head back to his former stronghold. So he has a city that he helped finance and get going because he wanted it to be this free place where black people and actually just minorities, honestly, can live and be happy. But now that they're back there, they find out that Buck's associate, he made himself sheriff. And he's using the position to profit off the people. So a very typical Western thing. He's like, well, I like money. And y'all got money. Give me your money. The taxes are even more, more bad. And they're like, no, we don't like this. So Rufus pistol whips the ever living fuck out of that man. Knocks out some of his gold teeth. And then the kids run up and take the gold teeth. I've seen that happen in multiple Western movies. So that had to be real uh, thing. Dion Cole. Dion Cole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh Deon Cole, sorry. Uh whips the fuck out of him. And Deon Cole leaves town because he's like, you can stay and die, or you can get the fuck out of here. And he's like, Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm gonna leave. I'm leave. Um, Buck, he gets all the townspeople. And after killing a dude, that's like, man, you ain't shit. You a bad guy. We we fine, we can survive. And he just blows him away. And he's like, Okay, well, I'll be quiet. He tells them that they need to raise fifteen thousand dollars. And back in Western times, that's what fucking five million dollars, probably. I don't know. It's, it's a, a lot. It's a fuck ton in fucking the old West. 
to save this town. And he says that he is going to kill and burn anybody's property if they try to leave or fight back. He's like, I need y'all to give me all the money y'all got and all your shit. And if you try to hold out, we'll just burn everything. We don't give a fuck. And so now those people are trapped and sad. So Bass quietly made a deal with Nat. And so he had to set it up to make it look like Nat was going away and getting locked up. And then later he gets free or whatever. But Bass is like, okay, Rufus Buck is getting out. He's getting pardoned. So we need to team up and shut this dude down because he is a bad person. We both know it because he killed your family and I've been dealing with him. I was the one that locked him up back in the day. That's a terrible person. So we are going to team up and do this. So with Bass and Nat's friends and Mary and her cool enforcer, tiny enforcer, Cuffy, they all join. So now the Nat Love gang is a little bit bigger <laughs> and a lot cooler. So they encounter uh, Dion Cole. This was Esco. I think that was his name. Uh, but Dion Cole's character, he tells him that Buck's back in town. He took over. And he is going to, uh, he wants to help them out. He, he, say, he says, like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And they're like, we kind of don't trust you, dude. But, I mean, whatever. The help will be appreciated. So after Nat that night tries to ask Mary to marry him eh, uh she says no or not yet uh she scoots off to redwood to offer to buy the saloon in town and obviously when she gets there all the bad guys are like so you didn't come here to buy this saloon we know who you are and we know you do own saloons and shit but no you're probably here to do some shit like i just broke out my money got stolen nat is somewhere in this world nah this is a this is a setup. You're getting knocked the fuck out. And they knock her out, torture her a little bit. And obviously, news gets back to Nat and the group, and they head down into Redwood. And so uh Nat actually tries to trade himself for Mary's life, and they're like, no, we're gonna snatch you up. And so now the plan is that he has returned, Nat has returned all the money that his gang stole. Plus another 10,000 is interest because, you know, the motherfucker had it for like a week. And apparently that's what you do. And or Mary's going to die. And, you know, you'll die, too. But actually, he wants him alive because that's even worse. Like taking away everything from somebody is worse than death in this world. So he tells him he wants him to rob a bank. OK, that's not bad. He's you know, they've robbed a ton of people. They can do that. But in a white town. <laughs> Uh, the metaphorical white town that he goes to is completely white. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And all the white people, are, they're like a little friendly. And, and Cuffy goes with Nat. And she's like, I'd like to make a withdrawal. And then the white cashier is like, oh, you're in the wrong place, sweetheart. Like, you should go to a black town to do that. And she pulls out her gun. And she's like, nah, I'm in the right place. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then <laughs> uh, they get robbed. It's the nicest safest fucking bank robbery you will ever see and um nat shows off his scar tells people who he is because he that's because that's what buck wants he wants all the heat on Nat afterward and then he can scoot off quietly and do stuff so he's like well that's what they want but we don't care uh as they're bringing the money back to redwood they come up with a really cool plan 
and they rig up a decoy wagon and they put dynamite all in that bitch. And so this is not the first movie with dynamite. <laughs> uh, and the decoy wagon's blown up and it kills some of the gang. And Nat, he has the real money and some more dynamite on him. And uh, Cherokee Bill, he pops up. So this whole movie, uh, Jim wants to do a quick draw competition against him because he heard that Cherokee Bill is the fastest dude in all the West. And he's like, I, I want to beat this motherfucker because it's my seven words. So I'll say it later. But he says a very cool line and it made me smile. So uh, he wants to fight him. But then Beckworth's like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Actually, that was earlier. Sorry. This time uh, he actually agrees to the quick draw. And as he is counting down, Cherokee Bill just shoots him. And he's like, I don't care, bro. <laughs> it was dumb, but at the same time, why the fuck was he counting so slow? Yeah. It was so long and drawn out. Cherokee Bill actually said that. He's like, God, why are you counting why so slow? Why do they always count so slow? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so nervous. A uh, gunfight goes off. So everybody is just fighting their best fight against Buck's gang. And the money's destroyed in another explosion. But it does, that part don't matter because people don't want to die out here. Um, Nat gets shot in the shoulder, finally takes a bullet in this fucking movie. He gets his ass beat a lot, but he takes a bullet from, hey, Damon Wayne's Jr. is back. And then he gets his cap peeled off <laughs> by another friend. Um, so Dion Cole's character, Esco, he goes into Buck's house and he throws dynamite in a couple of, in one spot and kills a lot of bad guys. And he meets up with Buck again and he tells him, like he tries to, I guess, apologize or just make light that they're friends or something and he has his bag of dynamite and i guess he was going to blow him up and blow a fucking jihad but then buck shoots the bag of dynamite and he's like well you can go away sir and just fucking evaporates this man Mm -hmm. it was very gross um so mary runs off and she is fighting trudy and they have a really cool fight in this like barn and mary actually gets the best of trudy because the whole time like trudy seemed like she was the better fighter so that was really cool so uh picket the other friend that's still alive of nats he gets shot in the back by bill cherokee bill is a piece of shit in this movie he keeps shooting mm-hmm. people in the back or catching them off guard so cuffy finally gets him to do a quick draw and cuffy she destroys this man shoots him in the neck yeah, because she'd been bragging earlier in the movie that she was faster than yeah. everyone. And it's funny, as she shoots him and he staggers outside and she says that Beckworth was faster than you. And she so she just added that little sprinkle of like, he would have beat your ass yeah, if you bitch. actually, yeah, if you fought fair, you would have been already dead. And yeah. I was like, ooh, ooh, Cuffy is the best. So <laughs> um, that's all of the subordinates down. And then nat meets up with buck and buck doesn't want to fight he's sitting down and then here comes the reveal that nat and buck are half brothers and he talks the buck talks about his dad and in the past his dad was not a good person and he used to beat buck's mom all the time and actually killed her and then buck's dad scooted off and then he finally finds him for revenge and he lo and behold he finds that He's a fucking preacher and he's a good person now, but Buck knows who he really is. And that's why he sat down at the table and blew away his dad and his dad's new wife. 
And then he put that scar into Nat's head because he knew sooner or later, because he's a buck and bucks were strong and mean people. Sooner or later, he was going to come back for revenge. And he just wanted to make sure he knew who the fuck was trying to kill him. And I was like, damn, that's some deep, deep shit. He could have just killed the kid. He's like, nah, I'm going to leave a mark on you so I know who you are. So this whole time, Buck is trying to get Nat to get his revenge on him because you're a Buck. And this is what we do, bud. And Nat reluctantly kills him. He doesn't really want to kill him, but he, he goes ahead and does it. And he closes his eyes out of respect when he's on the ground. I'm like, oh, okay. That's nice, I guess. Um, Nat and his friends bury Pickett and Beckworth, and I'm sad about that. And and they have another grave called Nat Love. And so the plan is that Nat also died in that horrible gunfight, and then he can leave and be happy with Mary. And Cuffy joins the Black Lone Ranger as his deputy marshal. And they go off to have fun. I would love a story of them just being badasses in the world. And Nat and Mary ride off in another direction. And then we get a cool pan out to a woman holding a boulder hat watching all of this go down. Oh, no, Trudy's still alive. You know, she got the fuck beat out of her. So part two, hopefully. Yeah. They could easily make another one. And she comes up with a group and she wants to take out Nat. Or I don't know. They could easily... They could easily do it. Westerns are all about revenge. So, hey, look at that. They took away really everything good, that but Trudy I don't loved. Know. I don't know if I want them to do it, though. It wouldn't be bad if they came up with a sequel. I have faith that it would be good, but sometimes I just like to leave things as they are. I get you on that. I would, I'd probably think that the sequel wouldn't be as good as this one, but it would be enjoyable. It'd be an enjoyable watch. But no, I get what you're saying. And two of the best people, well, three of the best, four, all the people that died in this movie were great. And it made me sad that they died because I can't see him again. So, yeah. So, uh, Kate. I watched Regina King just kick oh, ass I, for oh, days. Yeah. Let her be the last boss of the fight. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch the fuck out of that. Yeah. So, Katie, who was your favorite character in The Heart of They Fall? Cuffy. Yeah. <laughs> Cuffy was the fucking best. She had all these one-liners and she was small in stature um to the point like she's when she's the bouncer at mary's bar Mm -hmm. you're meant to think that she's a young boy and it's just incredible like she's so quick with her guns and her ability to disarm other people like you would never expect a a small kid basically to be able to do that but she's you know she's like 20 but she's petite and she's dressed like a boy's and she just like was incredible and her at the end in the quick draw was just like oh yeah there's no- nobody is better than this this is so good yeah it was pretty fun <laughs> uh greg i guess this makes us enemies because my favorite is cherokee bill <laughs> Honestly, you touched on it earlier, but just his his calm demeanor throughout basically the majority of the film, coupled with the ruthlessness, just makes him even more ruthless, if that makes sense. Yeah, because he didn't have to show emotion for it. By any means. He was about 
he was about the business. He wasn't about flash. He wasn't interested in any quick draw contests. He says himself, it's not about who's the fastest. It's about who was alive and who was dead. So he didn't play any of those games. Um, I especially, there was one particular line that I, that they gave him that was a great dash of comedy that they used through him, despite his, his very laid back demeanor when they're on the train, which by the way, that train scene, no matter, despite it being so early in the film, I felt like was out of many great scenes. It was my favorite scene and in my opinion, the best scene. Oh yeah. For many reasons. Um, as they've advanced through the first two cars, the train, the first car being the, the civilians, the second car being the soldiers, and he's got the second batch of soldiers and the commanding officer on the other side of the door. So they do that split screen where, where Cherokee's got his ear to the door and speaking to the commanding officer on the other side of the door. They're in split screen showing both their faces. And he says something along the lines of, well, at this point, we've already hurt two people. So you expect me to believe you're just going to let us off dread scot-free? <laughs> Best line of the film. <laughs> it's that subtle humor that I love. And I love that they gave it to him, of all people. Because it, while, it while it was funny, he also made it into this. He inserted it into the line just so very smoothly. Well, that's like when the... Uh, uh... The, the train conductor got off and he's like, what are you doing here, you nit? He's like, he could have said nincompoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't want to hear any word that starts with an N. <laughs> we ain't no nincompoop either. <laughs> Anywhere it starts with the N, they getting blown to bits. Yeah, just the way he carried himself, I absolutely loved. And the way he was just very practical about getting 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 the business done and yes he cheated he quote-unquote cheated on these on, on the quick draw and yes he shot another enemy in the back but if i am a villain or if i'm in the wild west period my goal is to survive and thrive yep. uh, I, I don't need no formalities i don't need it's, it's the wild west as it is why do i need to respect any quick draw I'm all about dirty. staying alive and getting business taken care of. I'm dirty as fuck. I'm not done. If it's oh, what yeah. I got to do, it's what I got to do. He was just, his air about him was just so very, very cool. With, <laughs> for lack of a more sophisticated term, he was just so cool. Deep out. Uh, my favorite character was the young Jim Beckworth. <laughs> I just like cocky dickheads, man. What can I say, man? Like, just the fact that this guy could bullshit his way through a paper bag and a anything, and just make a story up off the top of his head—just fabulous, fantastic. He's one of the best characters in this. Yeah. Movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then his gun skills. I mean, if if anybody questioned his gun skills, they came to play with him. So, yeah, he backed it up when he needed to. Oh, but just just the playful nature of him as well, like the way he you would just like the way you know, like like Cherokee Bill was this just so stoic and tough and fucking you know, but Jim was the complete opposite. Just yeah, it's a game. This absolutely, is a game. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> He's just like this is this is a game. You know, 
I'll shoot you, you and I. I'll be the quickest guy. The and fact that he, back- the fact that he was willing to admit that he rehearsed his monologue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I forgot all about that scene until I resaw it, rewatched the movie. Yeah, and then it's back and forth with uh, with Bill. With Bill, was pretty good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Or you mean his buddy? Because that's uh, Bill. Yeah, Bill Pickett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His back and forth with Bill was pretty good. I like Some people named Bill in this. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm Bill sweet. Pickett. No, you're not. I am sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jim was my favorite. Otis does 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 he remind you of any particular character? In I'll just give you the film, The Quick and the Dead. Oh yeah, that's that's kid man. That's absolutely Leo DiCaprio's character in in Quick and yeah. the Dead. Just the cockiness, the fact that they believe. I'm just I'm just so great. Like I can't be stopped. I'm so yeah. great. And <laughs> I love and that just, he shot the dude. He's like I can't he, didn't even see it. He's like it's all in the head, man. It's all in the head. <laughs> yeah, no, he, I believe I'm the fastest. Makes me the fastest. Oh man, kid is so like, fucking cool. And just like in Quick and the Dead, they both got advice. Like, look, you need to you need to cut out, calm down this cockiness and cut out all this flashiness because that's gonna get you one day. And sure enough, I got both of them in the Great, film. He's like, Fuck oh. that noise! <laughs> I'm gonna live forever. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Otis. So I'm a cop out because it's hard in a movie like this. I actually, the, the whole Nat Love gang, though, you can't take out Nat. He was, he's the least favorite out of them. He had his issues. He had a lot of trauma. So he was dealing with that the whole time. Anytime someone said Rufus Buck's name, you could see him just kind of tighten up. And he's like, well, he's gone. He's never getting out. They're like, nah, he got pardon, chief. He's getting out. He's like, Fuck. And he's ready to kill him. He called him the devil so many times. And Bass is like, that man is not the goddamn devil. And he's like, no, nah, that's the devil, man. That's the worst person in my life. But um, like I said, Bill Pickett, Jim Beckworth were absolutely amazing. The way, so if you know me and everyone in this room knows me, when I am good at something, I talk a lot of shit. And I don't do it a lot now, but like back in the day, I talked a lot of shit and steve was always there to bring me back down to earth and i'm like steve come on i can do this man like especially with like smash brother mm-hmm. somebody across the room be like well i'm pretty good at smash brother I'm like i turn i'm like what who, who said that oh you oh i don't know you sir but let's turn this gamecube on real quick i have to know if you're better than me steve's like come on man like we had a party like no no, no. i need to know and i did that a lot uh but just the way that Jim and Bill talk to each other, that reminded me that's that's young, dumb me. Cause I, man, like I said, the, the line, it's my seven words. So I'm going to save it. But uh, fucking Jim Beckworth has one of the best lines in this movie, but the way they talk to each other makes me laugh. And it reminds me of my friends and stuff like that. Uh, no one really believes anybody like Cuffy. Cause when, you know, Jim's like, Oh God damn, I'm so fast. And he's doing all these tricks and stuff. And Cuffy's like, you don't have to, what she says, like the flashy, mm, the flashy person gets shot, or she says some quote, and like, nah, man, it, it don't pay to be flashy and cool like that because you ain't gonna live long enough. Like, be the cool person that doesn't show off. So, uh, yeah, something along the lines it, along the lines of, I'd rather just ride in in all black than the way yeah. you'd like to go about it. 
no, but uh, I guess if I had to pick someone, gun to my head, probably Jim. I had a great time listening to him. So, Katie, who is your least favorite character? Um, Wiley Esco, played by Dion Cole. Oh, Mr. No Teeth? <laughs> yeah, he's like the mayor of Redwood City and was just a super dick to the whole town. He was like embezzling money and doing all this shit that was going to bring the town down. And then Rufus Buck showed up and he got the shit kicked out of him (laughs) and ran away and then traded sides. And then, I don't know, he just, he was a bitch. So I didn't like him. (laughs) Out of everybody, he's like one of the weakest. Yeah. Uh, Greg. I will say I did enjoy his... While he's just sitting in the room alone, you believe you believe he's already talking to Rufus and he's eating that steak. Oh yeah, <laughs> getting down on that uh, that rare steak. Yeah, I I liked and also hated that scene because I liked that he was like running through his speech, but I hate watching people eat like that in movies when they do like close ups on people chewing. It's the reason I don't watch the opening intro to Dexter because he's like puts that big ass bite of ham in his mouth and then like just. <laughs> chews it up with his fucking mouth up and like bruh stop <laughs> so i guess you don't enjoy lord of the rings and faramir's uh uh father's getting to town on that tomato then Munching no on those that's tomatoes. just fucking gross bro he was destroying that tomato <laughs> fucking gross i don't never seen such i a understand tomato. that eating is a necessity but i don't like the close-ups on people's mouths when they're chewing i've never seen a tomato get eaten so aggressively in my life <laughs> he was like grunting and shit when he was eating it oh man <laughs> Down at that tomato. <laughs> well, this is a good ass tomato. He was angry. He was angry at that fucking thing, man. <laughs> streaming juice streaming down his face. <laughs> but yeah, you think you think uh Wiley's talking to Rufus and Rufus is already in there, and you hear the knock on the door, he's like, Oh, he's just rehearsing to and to no avail at that. Because he never did quite get to uh Get the, deliver those lines in any means before getting his but gold teeth knocked out. Not at all. He got his brakes beat off. Yeah, but did. I digress. My least favorite character is White Lady Bank Teller. Because <laughs> <laughs> she laughed in her face. Oh, uh, that's fair. She sucked. All the white uh, people in that white ass town sucked. <laughs> I like that all the buildings were white. That was pretty great. Yeah, it was literally a white town. Yeah. <laughs> In every sense of the word. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious why she's so dislikable. I mean, at least at least be polite about it and say, you know, honey, you have to have an account here. And, and <laughs> clearly you don't because she could have gone about it. I mean, obviously she's not going to. But yeah. as far as a character, I mean, who... How can you not? How can you dislike anyone else more? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of that town? Uh, ooh, I don't know off the top of my head that name of that town. It had a silly name. It wasn't like White Town. It it at <sighs> Maysville. Yes, Maysville. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, uh, deep Uh, I guess just for the sake of the of not having a least favorite, I mean, 
I kind of like every everything about the movie, but I guess just to pick one, uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Wiley as well. Um, yeah, yeah, just because you know he was he was the, he's stealing from his people, he's embezzling. Like fuck out of here, dude! Like y'all are all out there in the West struggling to do the same thing, just fucking survive, and you're taking advantage of your own people. So he got his comeuppance and he got his teeth knocked out. So yay. <laughs> Otis. Uh honestly, so films like this and kind of that's kind of what Spike Lee kind of does sometimes. Uh Family Guy made fun of a Spike Lee film and like a white guy popped up on screen. He was just like foaming at the mouth barking. Uh because this is usually he makes white people evil <laughs> in his movies. Uh, but all honestly, anytime a white person was in this film, they were either inept or just bamboozled by really good people. So the, the the soldiers on the train, they didn't do anything wrong. They just got fucking played like a fiddle by some folks. Yes, I mean, they did. That whole well, that's the reason they were dead. But up until that point, we learned that they did bad stuff. They just, you know, they just got tricked real fast. But uh, I don't know. You said the bank teller and Wiley's not good. Probably the soldiers because they were poop. Pa, pa. <laughs> he got shot twice. <laughs> that man. <laughs> he wanted to make right, my, my, my friend here is not a fan of uh, arithmetic. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck that noise. We're going fast. <laughs> okay. Let's do seven word synopsis so I can finally do my line. I've been saving it forever. Okay. Uh, I only have one because I had way too much fun watching this movie. Uh, so mine is motherfucker. I'm lightning with the blam blams. I knew that was gonna be yeah. yours. So blam Jim Beck, yeah, Jim Beckworth. He's talking about how good he is at shooting, and they're just fussing at each other while people are still kind of alive, and then they kill them. But he he's says still he's lightning. <laughs> yeah, he says he's lightning with the blam blams, and that's 100 something. I would have came up with that's that's my lingo. I'm like, oh, that's some dumb shit. I would have said that, and my friends have been like, Ugh. <laughs> absolutely, that is me. So that made me smile when he said that. Katie, um, okay, learning these people existed makes me happy, and colorism and fat phobia can go fuck themselves. Oh yeah. So. This version of um, Stagecoach Mary is nothing like the real Stagecoach Mary, as she was a larger, dark-skinned Black woman, and Zazie Beetz is a very thin, light-skinned woman. And usually, I read an interview with Zazie Beetz, and she said that she has spent much of her career avoiding taking roles like this because to avoid the colorism issue because she is very aware that she is light-skinned um because she's mixed and she decided to take this role because all of the other characters all of the other actors didn't really look anything like their characters like the the actual people either so she was like well you know, Idris Elba doesn't look like Buck and, you know, Jonathan Majors doesn't look like Nat Love. So like, what does it matter if I don't look like stagecoach Mary? So it was just like 
she took it because she saw it as a great opportunity. And then after everyone saw it, a bunch of people online were like, okay, this is cool. But like stagecoach Mary was dark skin and big. So she's really the only one that's getting flack for it, which sucks because she, I think she did a great job, but yeah. also it sucks that they didn't choose a bigger dark skin woman to play this character because there are a bunch of incredible bigger black women in hollywood there was no reason for them to choose someone so dainty and small just so they could make her like i don't want to say slutty but like over sexualized -sexualized? yeah they wanted to sexualize her a little bit. yeah they wanted to sexualize the character of stagecoach mary because she's just in like a fucking bustier or not a bustier a corset the whole time yeah um and that's not what stagecoach Mary would have been wearing. (laughs) That's not anything like what she actually would have worn while doing any of these things. She probably had a puffy outfit, hold all her guns and hide them because she had multiple guns on her person. Oh, I'm sure the picture, (laughs) the picture that keeps roaming around the internet of the actual stagecoach Mary is just her in a big, like black question mark dress. Yeah. That one with uh, the shotgun in her arms. Like she didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen a bunch of different people like uh saying, oh well, this actress and this actress and this actress could have been this person. Um, but the one that keeps popping up in my thing when I looked was looking at it was uh, I don't know her name, but the woman from Loki who plays the time cop, the main time cop. Oh, she was in uh Lovecraft Country. Yeah. She was the older sister. The older sister, yes. I can't remember her name. Save my life. I know you're talking about. Yeah, she she's, keeps she's she cool. keeps popping up as like, well, why don't you just choose her? Like she's perfect. She she looks just like her. Like that would have been great. So oh, that'd have been good. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got a voice. I think she can sing. Yeah. Uh, so that singing part. Yeah. I'm sure Zazie Beats can also sing. Yeah. Most people can uh, sing. Wunmi Mosaku. Yes. I think. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. But she, it was upsetting, like, what? because once we were watching this movie um, and we were kind of looking into it while we were watching it, uh, I saw a bunch of things about people being angry about Zazie Beats being chosen for Stagecoach Mary. And then, yeah, I just got mad. Because I, I, hate, I hate when people take historical figures that are bigger and choose a small actor to play them. Like there aren't a bunch of plus size fucking actors out there in the world. Not to mention the colorism. Like that's fucking bullshit. So yeah, I, I get that part. I'm just glad we got a fucking film like this. Oh, I am. Uh, yes. There, there, there's levels too. to it. But I'm I get glad too, saying. but but look at the cast. Like Zazzy Beats isn't the top rated person in this list. Yeah. Like this movie came for Idris Elba, then fucking Regina King, then Jonathan Majors, and eventually zazzy beats like like you could have picked anybody else yeah yeah okay greg come on you're making me lose my train of thought even further stop guys Uh (laughs) um i didn't write it down here we go black is beautiful in the wild west nice goddamn right it really is i really hope this leads to further films in the genre with 
principally black casts, that'd be, it's something that's, there's been a, it's, it's, it's filling a very huge void. Yeah. I mean, fucking Netflix is going for it, man. So yeah. full send. Shout out Netflix. Like, yep. keep going, man. We're definitely in a, in a, I don't say a renaissance, but we're definitely in a, a quality era with, with black films with original ideas. Yes. Yeah. There are enough people in the past few years. There's enough people higher up that have enough clout. Yeah. To push for things like fucking Jordan Peele. If you yeah. told me to do from Key and Peele was gonna be making fucking horror movies that were great yeah. a couple of years later, I'm like, you you dumb as hell. Yeah. So now oh, and the guy who did Black Panther. And... Oh uh Kugler. Yeah, Ryan Kugler. Ryan Kugler. Ryan Kugler. Yeah. It's it, yeah. there's enough people up top now Finally. that are like Hey, I want to do this film. And they're like, okay, yeah, you make billions. Yeah, we'll let you do it. I love that Netflix, I said this a bunch during the Christmas run, um, but I, because we watch a ton of Netflix movies, but I love that Netflix is unafraid to shy away from um, like sensitive topics. Well, not just sensitive topics, but represent true representation of people. Like we watched, I don't know out of the 25 films probably 15 of them were from netflix and only a couple of them were like all white casts and it was because they took place in like denmark and norway i was like okay well yeah everyone's white there like that makes sense and all the rest of them had a very diverse cast of people you know there was it wasn't just like oh here's this group of white friends and like the one black guy or here's this group of white friends and this one asian person it was like no like here's a group of friends and there's like an asian person a queer person a black person you know all these different ethnicities of people coming together to be in movies to truly like show how the fucking world is and I love that about Netflix. They're fu- they're doing it, and they don't give a fuck <laughs> because they're doing it all in house, anyways. So except they- sometimes, my cowboy bebop, they give up on the show real quick after. Oh yeah, years. yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. That's I'm not the saying they fault. don't cancel no. things. Man, I'm saying the they don't fault. care, like about the oh the definitely. initial like pushback that they might get for casting certain actors certain ethnicities in roles like they don't give a shit yeah (laughs) now speaking of which i've not watched it myself but in 2021 there was also a film called concrete cowboy that netflix released with i want to watch that so bad same here i don't i mean i think it's i think it's more modern day but it it, is it's idris elba and the kid from stranger things yeah, he goes to live with his father, I believe, is which is Ilgis Elba, and he is amongst a, a community in Philadelphia of black cowboys. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I've been definitely meaning to check that out. Yeah, we'll have to put that on the list because I really want to watch that. It keeps popping up in my, it's in my list. It's been in my list for a while, and I'm like, fuck, I need to watch that movie. Same here, same here. Uh, Deep out. Sir. Uh, yeah, I got three. Uh, this movie made me appreciate the Western again. Yep. Westerns were kind of off the map for me there until, well, honestly, Django. And then this one just, you know, bought it all back. You bought it all around. I'm like, oh, damn. Look at that. Black Cowboys. Because I know, I mean, because it was like a true Western. I mean, Django has Western themes. But 
this movie is a true western. Yeah. And it's great. And yeah. <laughs> My second one, uh Rufus Bunk, Rufus Buck ain't no punk, so nuck, bitch. <laughs> That's right. Rufus Buck, man. He was almost my favorite character until I went and did research on how shitty of a person the actual Rufus Buck was. Yeah, he ain't good. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah, not a good person. <laughs> Absolutely. He was he was bad. <laughs> and then my last one is uh, hats off to the Chadwick Boseman mention. Yeah. Oh, yes. That made me sad. Yeah. It made my I, heart like, oh, Chadwick. Yo, so that that confirms in my head that's a just a headcanon that he absolutely would have been in this movie. Oh, for oh sure. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know who he would have been because I don't because it seems like Jonathan Majors was cast to star in it and then then they built from there. So he probably he probably would have been a villain. I could have seen him as Bill. Bill Pickett. Yeah. I don't know. Cherokee yeah, Bill, probably. But I like the people they have in their spots. I don't know where no, no, they did. They did a great job. But if we're thinking about it, I could see him as either Cherokee Bill or Bill Pickett. Honestly, yeah, yeah I think he's gonna be Bill Pickett because he's yeah. got just that that calm chillness about him too. Ooh, though, he like. could do that. He's been an all right Bill Pickett. Oh, or Cherokee Wait. Bill. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. He, no, Chadwick would have been great, man. Yeah, but I'm sad. I'm sad. He absolutely would have been. And, in this and that that nod on the train was absolutely perfect. It was so subtle that you didn't notice it until they. The movie was out, and they're like, "Oh, hey, jump! Just see the Chadwick nod. Oh, yeah, there is the train. Chadwick on there would have made three people, three actors that were on uh, the Five Bloods. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just run that shit. Fuck it. <laughs> take everybody. Put them in another take, movie. Take that same five and make a western. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been fucking good. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, this this movie's absolutely great. So and it would have been three Marvel people too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can't help that because they're making fucking so many movies. That's just yeah. every time they make another movie is just another fucking Kevin Bacon. Look. I'm gonna need <laughs> fucking Regina King to be in a Marvel movie. Yes. I'm surprised she hasn't been talked to about something because she's got the voice part, so she's probably been in something animated for Marvel or DC. Yeah. But physically, I'm surprised no one's talked to her yet. Yeah, she's incredible. Actually, she might. I don't know Ryan Coogler what he's doing about the second Black Panther film. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got her in in his head to do something. Yeah, to be in it somehow. I could see I love that. Regina King, by the way, guys. Like, I, oh, she the best. I love her. She she's an awesome actress yeah. or an awesome actor, and she's pretty lady. Yeah, she's very pretty. Yeah, she, she I loved great. her. I've loved her for a long time, but what really like solidified my love for her as one of my favorite actresses is fucking um, Southland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was incredible in Southland. Damn. That show is so damn good. See that forever. <laughs> Fuck, man. Did any of y'all watch the Watchmen series? No. No, I've heard that she's amazing in it. Yeah, I was say, I heard she was really good in that movie. I've been, yeah, been needing to get around to that someday. Yeah, I need to sit down and watch it. I don't think it's a ton of episodes, just I think they're no. a little bit longer. But no. So um there is a budget. So we can do a budget if you guys want to, but the box office, since it's so new, it's not even like fucking four months old. Uh the budget's stupid. So we're not even gonna do it because it don't make sense. But Katie, how much money do you think 
took to make this film the harder they fall jesus um like 75 million okay because there were so many freaking people in this movie yeah. uh deep Oof. uh i'm gonna go smaller so about 65 million 65 greggy yeah. uh i go 80 do it Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I'm in. Yeah. Eighty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate Oil tycoon Greg wins. <laughs> oh, wow. At least he wasn't like a million off. The budget was ninety million dollars. I legit wanted Crap. to say ninety, but it felt like a little too much. Yeah. I looked it up. I was like, "Sweet Jesus, that is so much money." <laughs> I thought oh, I they were taking cuts on it. it. Yeah, and then the star power, like Jonathan Majors, is huge at this point. Yeah, that budget yourself is huge. More than Gina half King's of that budget is just is just paychecks. Yeah, Zazie you know, Beats. You know, I figured the sets would take more than that, like the locations. I mean, they went to true. Uh, but, no, but, you just pick some random place. But in they're the just in desert, like what New Mexico doing? I think Montana. that's where they were. New Mexico and Arizona. You just yeah go to the desert and film in the house building. I get you on that. D like the building of the sets that does take some money but they weren't in that many different sets like the like the white town (laughs) the white town redwood Redwood city the train they just had the color the town where zazzy beats is where stagecoach marries oh yeah places the first town he was in but that probably could have been the other it was probably the other direction (laughs) yeah yeah and then the church where he kills the scorpion and his house oh yeah but I could have just I forgot about the scorpion scene. That was a great scene too, by the way. But they could have just been in a house on Redwood. So, uh, but yeah, I get the whole set thing. But man, the people in this movie, just going with how expensive movies are now, like, hey, we're making this Avengers movie, and it's got seventy-two people in it. All the stars from all these movies. The budget is stupid. I'm like, yeah, man, you got to pay all these people, and then make a movie after that. So it just makes sense when your ensemble is fucking what nine, ten people deep, you're paying money. Mm-hmm. Oh my so, uh, when you first saw this ensemble cast, you were instantly excited. And rarely does your excitement for something does 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 the result pan out to meet your excitement level and surpass it? And it just absolutely oh. this uh, this was great, worth the money. So. I don't know financially I, off of views and stuff. Uh, it's doing great. Everyone loves the movie. Uh, so I guess it made its money. <laughs> it's really hard on Netflix to judge things, but they, a lot of people said like the style of the movie is amazing. The energy, the cast is fantastic. And everyone the music is, is great. Yes. Shout yep. out, to, shout out to dance hall music too. Yeah. On a, on a Western. Oh, yeah, <laughs> fucking uh, the theme song. Uh, was isn't it just the harder, harder they fall? And that the no with, guns go bang with, yeah, with Kid Cudi, yeah, yeah. Guns yeah. Go bang. part of the beat. You have ricocheting bullets as a part of the beat after he sings his, his, his oh, yeah, yeah, that shit was dope. It was fucking good. CeeLo's song was really fucking good. Uh, yeah, it's whew. You mentioned you mentioned transition of music throughout the film. There was one where they're playing an actual song from the soundtrack. 
I want to, it was one of those dance hall songs, uh, maybe Promised Land. I don't know if that's, the, it said Promised Land. I don't know if that's the title. And it transitioned from playing the actual soundtrack song to it being played on a piano in the saloon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as Jonathan Majors enters the saloon. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm telling you, it's so much effort, so much love went into this movie and it, it absolutely paid off. So. Yeah, one, more, you... one more little nod slash Easter yeah. egg, I guess you would call it. Um, a lot of people on the internet pointed out that on the train scene, you've got the Rufus Buck gang led by Regina King on their horses elevated and watching the train in the distance. And she signals them to start making their move downhill or down mountain or whatever towards the train to get the operation started. The way she points to the right to get them to start moving i don't know how long it's been since you've seen the malcolm x film but there's a, there's a scene in malcolm x where there were i guess i i guess it was authorities the police were trying to get malcolm and his crew to move so he signals his crew to move by raising his hand open palm and then does kind of like a gunshot style point to the direction he wants them to move she did it pretty much the exact same way malcolm uh. I'm not even surprised. Ugh. There's probably so many more nods and just little things in this movie. I'm not even surprised. Yeah, right I'm sure the Easter eggs are hidden throughout the movie. Ugh. That's so cool. God damn. What's movie. so great about it? It's worth rewatching over and over again. So you'll- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love to get this. I know it's on Netflix. I'd love to get this on fucking DVD. Get a physical copy of it. Absolutely. I'm curious. I'm curious when that's going to happen. I'd love to get that because I want some commentary. That's what I fucking want. Uh, uh, did you have? I, I haven't. I didn't look at it myself, but I did share with you that roundtable that the cast does last. Yes, half an hour. that's on Netflix. Yeah, I know, but I, I want all of them to sit down and rewatch the movie and talk. That's what I want. And be like, oh, I remember the scene. Like this, this, this that happened. I'm like, oh yeah, this is yeah. That it's it's very few films these days that you feel like are worth owning physically, but this is absolutely one of them. Oh yeah, it's. Yep. It's funny, all the movies that we go through and review and stuff, sometimes I'm like, okay, that's a good one, and I'll buy it. And But yeah, this is most definitely one. The second I, we finished watching, I was like, yeah, I need a physical copy of this. It's really goddamn good. So, um, But yeah, that is The Harder They Fall. A damn good one. Hey, go figure. Westerns are good. The new Westerns are really goddamn good. Uh, so if you have any other cool fun facts about I don't know, black cowboys. There were a fuck ton of them, apparently. A lot of them were mixed with uh, Native Americans, like Nat Love mm-hmm. and everybody else in this movie. But you can tweet us at Alan Tempon. We have an email. It is Alan Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook at Alan Presents. So, like always, thank you so much for listening to this Western episode. And next week, uh, we're doing a fucking, you know, when you talk about certain genres and you're like, oh, we're going to do. A sports movie, someone's going to be like, Rudy, you know, it's those ones that pop up. Remember the Titans? Uh, next week's Western film is a banger. It's one of Daniel's favorites. And uh, Daniel got to choose because his birthday's coming up. So uh, we're absolutely going to review an absolute banger next week. So I'm, I'm pumped because I haven't seen this movie in a fucking long time. So Greatest collection of mustaches in cinema history. Yeah fuck ton of mustaches in it uh tons of lines that have been used in oh fuck it we're watching tombstone but uh tons of lines have been brought up in movies 
in shows and video games in fucking Borderlands. There's a perk called I'm your Huckleberry, man. It's so it's just it's a really cool thing. So uh, like always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another Western film. Okay, bye guys. Bye. See ya. Reminder to self to add blam blams to the lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> the blam blams, baby.